Hi, I'm Kelsa Dickey, the CEO of the Financial Coach Academy and my financial coaching business, Fiscal Fitness Phoenix. My coaching journey began more than a decade ago with me helping people for free from my dining room table. What was once a little business of mine has grown into a seven-figure company that employs a team of people. My goal is simple, to help you fall more and more in love with financial coaching. I believe financial coaching is the most rewarding way to make a living. If you are an aspiring financial coach or have been coaching for years, I'm here to help you create a business you love that gets your clients massive results. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Financial Coach, to Episode 8. We're going to dive into talking about money, of course. How much do financial coaches make? You might be curious about this. And here's the answer. It's totally up to you. How much would you like to make? There's no set range or answer to this question, but I'm going to do my best to tackle it and give you some good information. So let's dive into it. The average salary for a financial coach, according to Indeed.com, is $59,277. And that is if you are working for a company like a bank or a financial institution. There are some pros and cons to doing something like that, of course. Um, Some of the Uh, setbacks, I would say, is that you don't get to pick your clients. So you don't get to pick sort of like your favorite scenarios to help people with or based on personality or, um, you know, a lot of our clients, we market and say they have an athlete's mindset. So we can really speak to them about like how they show up in the gym compared to how they're showing up with their money and use those analogies. And it is a tool that we use at our disposal. And so the idea is that you may not have that opportunity if you are working for somebody else. Uh, You don't pick your process. You won't have your own brand. Uh, You don't get to pick the area of money that you want to become an expert in. And you might get a lot of different types of questions thrown at you. And for some of you, that might be totally okay. You're like, yeah, I don't really want any of those things anyway. And so I would rather get the experience working for a bank or a financial institution. And there is nothing wrong with going that route. I personally wanted to run my own business. And I wanted to just sort of talk about why I think that's better. I was coming from corporate accounting at the time. It was definitely a very stressful job. Uh, Lots of, um, you know, drama and politics and that sort of thing. And I just, I didn't want another job. I wanted to help people on my own terms. I wanted to set my own hours. I definitely had a very rosy sort of picture of like what it meant to be your own boss when you run your own business. And there were so many growing pains, so many things I just didn't know because I don't come from a family of entrepreneurs. So, you know, being a small business owner definitely felt very foreign to me at first. And I remember my sisters would call me at like 11 a.m. and be like, what are you doing? And I'd be like, I'm trying to work, even though I know it's the middle of the day and I can set my own hours. I really did try to be as disciplined and committed to working as much as possible. And the reason that I wanted to be my own boss and set my own hours was not just for that reason, but I wanted to be able to change my prices and programs as I see fit. I knew that I had sort of a unique approach to money than what was being taught out there. Um, uh, There's so much discussion around money as far as um, making people feel ashamed of past decisions. Um, There's a lot of talk about sacrifice is the way to make you know, the best budget, right? And like, if you aren't willing to sacrifice everything with your budget, then do you really care about your financial goals and that sort of thing? And I just never believed that that was the only way. And so I wanted to be able to teach my philosophies and help people apply money to their life. in a, I think a more positive, encouraging way, more empowering versus, you know, shaming people. Um, 
I get to choose the clients that I work with. And that was definitely something that I wanted. Um, I wanted to feel like the people that I was meeting with appreciated me for me and I appreciated them for them. And I didn't want to feel like I couldn't be myself with my clients. I wanted people who liked me for me, right? And not just respected me, but also liked me. That was really important to me. It's sort of like the dinner table guest uh, test, if you will. So it's like, I always wanted to have these really amazing coaching conversations and be able to ask myself, like, would I have this client over for dinner if I could? Like, is that something I would choose? And I wanted to work with people where that's what I felt like, like that we would be friends outside of our coaching relationship. Now, the difference for so many is that we started off as a coach and client relationship. And then many of my clients have become friends over the years, but we started as coach and client, right? And then that was sort of the foundation. And then we became friends over time. And that was just something that I wanted. I wanted that whatever I was building to be mine. Um, I will also say that I've always loved sort of personal development, uh, learning and growth and that kind of thing. And so I imagined, even though I didn't fully understand like I do today, just the the growth journey of entrepreneurship. And I feel like you can't get that working someplace else, not like you can as a business owner, just the amount of skills you have to acquire and you're constantly challenging yourself and thinking of new ways of doing things and gaining more self-awareness and learning how to coach yourself through situations and conversations. And I I'm addicted to that part of this journey, actually. I love it. I love sort of thinking about how far I've come in 10 years, not just from a business standpoint with the amount of revenue or profit or number of clients, but just how I've changed over that time and how much I've grown because of I you know, have my own business. And I just wonder like, if you go work for a company... They've done a lot of those things and, you know, they have their processes figured out and you have to coach on their philosophies, their principles, their processes. And for some people, that is an amazing route to take. And I am not discouraging you at all from taking that. There are some people, you know, the coaches on my team, for example, this is them. They could have their own business. Many of them did before they joined my team and they have all done the Financial Coach Academy. Then they went and launched their own businesses. And I needed to see that they could do that, that they had that in them. And then I know it's a very big ask to say, I want you to give all of that up and join my team and be part of a team and be part of the fiscal fitness team and like teach our philosophies and really lean into our niche and that kind of thing. We are, you know, we pick fitness focused people because of that, because we know we, you know, have a lot of athletes as clients and that sort of thing. So I want them to love the journey just as much as I have, even though they work for my team, right? Like they don't get to pick their processes and that sort of thing. Um, you know, I will say that for fiscal fitness specifically, and you may find this at other institutions or banking organizations, which is why I want to share this with you, is we have a process, a client journey that all of our clients follow as far as sessions and you know the handouts we use and that sort of thing. But we do take a very customized approach to all of our clients. And so there are no two clients that are the same. There are no two clients that are coached the same. And so I do think for my coaches, they they do have a blend of both worlds. They have a process. They, you know, have a brand handed to them. They have handouts. They don't get to decide those things. And when it comes to actually coaching the client, 
they have free reign. Like I trust them to be amazing coaches and to do whatever is best for the client, whatever the client needs. They are allowed to pull from a lot of different strategies and philosophies and that sort of thing in order to coach the client best. And so you may find that as well if that is something that you are looking for. Um, it is something you want to think through some of this before you sort of start your journey, um, or depending on where you're at in your journey, because this may determine the type of training program that you sign up for as a coach, because the program will help you fill in the gaps around education and skills that you may need. For example, the Financial Coach Academy is really focused on helping financial coaches who want to be amazing one-to-one financial coaches and be a business owner doing it. So the idea is that like it helps you set your prices and determine your program and like how, what should you call yourself? What's your business name? All sorts of things, right? It helps you think through the client journey step by step. Where is that client going to be along that path and how can you serve them best as a business owner and as a financial coach? All of that is part of that. So it's like if you don't want to be a business owner, you know, truthfully, the Financial Coach Academy may not be the best fit for you. And that is totally okay. It's why it's so important to have self-awareness and to have these types of conversations when you're trying to make decisions, just like it's so important for us to have these conversations with our clients when they're thinking of hiring us. And something like the Financial Coaching Toolkit, let's say, and the Financial Coaching Toolkit, which is another, you know, offering that we have is very, it doesn't cover any of the business side of things. It's just the coaching concepts. It's just, if your client's experiencing this, here's what you can do with them. Here's the questions you ask, that sort of thing. So it's really perfect for somebody who doesn't want to have a business, or maybe you already have a thriving business, but you just want to take the conversations with your clients even deeper or make them stronger, then the toolkit would be great for you. But you sort of having an idea of what type of financial coach you want to be, what types of offerings you want to have for your clients is going to help you narrow down some of the options that are out there for training programs. But the reality is that the sky's the limit if you are a coach and a small business owner, but it may take longer. So while you might be able to go work for a company or an organization and get clients right away and gain experience right away, chances are it's going to be at a slightly lower rate, maybe an hourly rate that you might get paid. Sometimes there's like a revenue split, but it might be a smaller portion than if you were to be charging the client yourself. But of course, as a business owner, it's more complex. You've got more decisions, more things you have to be facing on a regular basis. And for some of you, that sounds amazing. And you're excited about that and you want to try it. And for others, you're thinking, oh, I don't know about that. Right. So the idea though, is as a small business owner, financial coach, the runway to really gaining a ton of clients might be slightly longer. And that is just something to pay attention to. It's not something that, you know, is a reason not to do it. It's simply an awareness piece, right? So, you know, the idea of figuring out my marketing and like those types of things and how can I get my messaging just right? It takes a little bit of time to figure that out when you have to come up with it on your own, right? And so because of that, the number of people we attract and the number of clients we have sign up, you know, it might take a little bit longer before we feel like we're really humming along, right? Like we've got a steady stream coming in. There are also a lot of financial advisors and CPAs who are now adding coaching as a value add for their clients. And um, I don't think this number is included in the Indeed.com 
figure above a 59,000 for an average salary for financial coaches. But I do think this is an avenue you could consider. So there are financial advisors and accountants who don't want to be actually doing the coaching, but they see the need in their clients, right? And so they're looking to add coaches to their teams. Um, another thing to consider is that what you start out making isn't what you will be making by the end of year one or two, or even five years later, for sure. You get to determine your rates as a business owner. And so you get to determine when you've hit capacity based on the number of hours or number of clients you want to work with. And you can charge more as you continue to grow and as you gain more experience and your confidence grows. I have a video on YouTube um, titled How to Price Your Coaching Services. And you can just type in Kelsa Dickey, How to Price My Services. And there's a video that gives you a couple different formulas that you can use to sort of determine the, I, I call it the bookends of your prices. So like the low end, it's going to help you figure out like if you charge less than this, you're paying people to work, you know, to be their coach. Um, so you, you want to know that you want to know the low end of like, I should not price myself below this. And then it also gives you the high end. And typically then what we say is where you fall and what you end up charging in that range Typically at first, when someone first starts, it's towards the lower end. And then as you gain experience and you start to see the proof in what you're doing and that you're getting people results and that sort of thing, and you learn how to articulate the value of what you do for people because you're now seeing it more often, we raise our prices. And so it scooches up towards that top end. And the number one factor that is creating that shift is your confidence. Your confidence in quoting that price matters more than almost anything. And so the idea is when we first start, we don't always feel super confident, right? Like we don't have tons of that and that is okay. That's why starting at the lower end is nothing to be ashamed of. It's a great place to start. But then what I want you to do, and we're getting a little off track here, I apologize. But what I want you to do is set a date on your calendar, a reminder, or determine it by the number of clients. So after five clients or after 10 clients in which you are going to raise your rates. So do not let tons of time go by before you evaluate your rates again, put that reminder on your calendar. Maybe it's six months later, or maybe it's the number of clients you've helped. We're going to periodically be looking at your rates and chances are you're going to be able to continuously increase them. I did ask um, a number of coaches in the mastermind what their hourly rates are. Uh, excuse me, this is in our Facebook group, Financial Coaches Unite, which is a free Facebook group for financial coaches. Financial Coaches Unite is the name of it. Um, and we asked them what they're charging. And here's what they said. 6% said $49 an hour or less. 27% said $50 to $149 per hour. 48% said $150 to $299 per hour. 3% said $300 to $499 per hour. And 1% said $500 or more per hour. Now, I know your math people. If you're totaling up those percentages, it's not quite 100%. And the reason for that is some there were some other answers that were available in the poll, things like, I don't have any paying clients yet. And so there uh, were other people who answered the poll with different answers. So, But that gives you an idea. So the idea there is where you start is not where you're going to end, right? And so there was this conversation around like, how, for those of you who are charging over $500 per hour, how are you doing that? And literally the answer from those folks was, it just takes time. It just keep going, just keep going, right? Like I'm doing that because I kept raising it 
as my confidence grew. So that's what I want you to do as well. How long does it take to get your first paying client? Um, Some people said right away, 23%, and 20% said less than six months. So typically, you're going to get some paying clients pretty quickly. Um, typically those are from our, you know, friends, family, people we know already. And that's like your initial sphere of influence it's called. And then you will tap that pretty quickly. Most people don't want to be like selling to their friends and family members all the time. So the nice thing is you don't have to do that. Um, but then you will have to, as you branch out on that sphere of influence and get into multiple layers, you'll have to do some networking or marketing and that kind of thing. And we tackle a lot of that in the financial coach Academy, but we'll also be covering it in the these future episodes as well. We'll dive into marketing and different avenues you can try to get your message out there and find more clients. Now, the other thing when it comes to how much money you can make as a financial coach is there is this big misconception out there that we teach our clients how to manage their money better and then they graduate and we never see them again. And so the issue that you'll hear is that coaches are always like on this client churning wheel where like we're always needing to find more clients. We're always needing to be selling. And then those clients graduate. We're always needing to find more, right? Which sounds like a very exhausting sort of prospect if you will. And I have found the opposite to be true. Once you gain a client, I want you to think about the fact that that client can stay a client for a lifetime. We're going to dive into a periodic coaching program, design and business model and pricing and all of that in a future episode. But what I want you to think about is that once a client learns a particular skill, solves a problem or achieves one goal, they're probably just on to the next one right? There is a saying in business, but I think it applies to money as well. New level, new devil, which means every time you sort of achieve something new, there's like a whole new suite of like challenges that you have to face and figure out and problems you have to overcome and that kind of thing. And the same is true for money. We reach something new. We're able to make completely different decisions and maybe make those decisions in a way that we didn't even have the ability to make the decision before. So it completely changes the way we do things. And that is a good thing. And we need a whole new set of skills and our clients will do the same thing. I think about mine and Michael's life. And, you know, when we first got together, he was overdrafting his checking account all of the time. This was in college. He would literally, I don't think he knew anything about how to manage his money. (laughs) When I first met him, he always says that he was my first and worst client ever. Um, But he, uh, when we first got together, it was really just, you know, like, let me show you some things. Let me help you with this. And then we combined finances, right? We got engaged. We got married. We combined finances. And that was a whole new set of challenges of like, oh, my God, I'm trying to manage two things. And I felt like I was the gatekeeper. And I didn't want to be telling him no when he worked. And like that created a whole new set of skills that I had to learn. And then we had kids and we had to figure that out. And then we bought a rental house, right? Or you maybe bought a house in that time um, and then a rental house. And it's like life is constantly bringing you opportunities to learn and grow. And that is absolutely true with money. And our clients will want us there for all of it. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. So once you have clients, it doesn't have to mean that you're on this like consistent churn of needing to find more. We are at Fiscal Fitness because when we get more clients, we just give them to the new coach until they're fully booked with clients. And then They get fully booked, we hire another coach, and we do it all over again. And so we are doing it that way. But once our coaches have a book of clients, 
those clients stay with that coach for years and years. I still have clients to this day that I have been meeting with for 10 years, and our conversations are just as productive as they were at the beginning. They're very different types of conversations, and they're beautiful and rewarding and gratifying for a whole new set of reasons. Um, but it is true that you can have clients for a lifetime. You do not need to like have clients graduate unless you want to. You could absolutely design it that way as well. Um, so the other thing that I wanted to talk about really quickly is I think a lot of the conversations out there really do focus on one-to-one -one coaching. And I do think it is the easiest way to start is with one-on-one -on -one coaching. You can absolutely branch out into group programs and masterminds and courses and all that kind of stuff. But the work you do one-on-one -on -one with clients will absolutely inform the quality of those other creations. And the reason I say that is because by working one-on-one -on -one with people, you learn patterns. You start to see things that like half of my clients experience a celebration at this stage of their journey. You can add that into your group work or into your course, right? That this is a high note. This is a high touch point for clients and you want to be able to embrace that, right? You'll also notice which questions get them thinking the most. And so you know which questions to use in a group format. It helps you hone your craft, learn your personality, learn your style of coaching, and you only need to worry about the one client right in front of you. It really is the easiest way to get started. And then once you get really good at it, where you can do a coaching session without even thinking about it, right? You sort of show up and you're in your zone and that sort of thing. Then you can take all of the patterns you've observed in your client's high points, low points, challenging moments, exercises that require a bit more explanation, ones that are better done on their own at home and that kind of thing. And you take all of that insight and you apply it to your group programs and you create scale and leverage from there. So I know oftentimes people want to start with you know, the, the group work, it's so much better to start with one-on-one. -on -one. Not only that, but I think people think they're going to, you know, create a course and then they're just going to sell it and people are going to want it. You have to have a following to sell to. <laughs> so the idea of like growing your business with one-on-one, -on -one, you create these walking, talking sort of ambassadors out of your clients. They're out talking with their friends about achieving their goals and the work that they're doing and they're proud of it and they're raving about you and the work that they're doing and they're raving about themselves and it's creating more clients, it's creating a following and that's exactly what you want so that when you create those things, you actually have people to sell them to. So back to the question on the episode, which was how much do financial coaches make? And the answer is as much as you want to make. You can do financial coaching part-time right now, today. You have enough information, knowledge, and a desire to help people that you could start today as a financial coach. You can make a few hundred extra dollars every month and have it be a great side hustle. And you could do that forever. There is absolutely nothing wrong. Think of all the people you could help and that could add to your own life and your own budget and that kind of thing, right? What a fun hobby. Budgeting and helping people with budgeting was a hobby of mine for years and it was wonderful. And I loved it. You can help a lot of people and make money doing it. And I think that's pretty damn cool. You can also make much more than that. You can charge a couple thousand or a few thousand dollars per month and have a really high-end private coaching offer, something that feels very luxurious where clients can call you on their cell phone whenever they have a question and you pick up, right? So think of this as like 
a doctor who has a very high touch, you know, sort of luxury practice. You could absolutely design something like that for your financial coaching business as well. And guess what? Everything in between also goes. And where you start is not going to be where you end up. At least it doesn't have to be. You can start and see how your goals change the more you do it. See if you continue to fall in love with it. If you fall in love with the entrepreneurial growth journey, just like I have, you might just find yourself a little addicted. So here is your reflection question for this episode, and I think it's a good one. I uh, really hope that you will take the time to think through this question, journal out your thoughts to it, share your thoughts with another financial coach or a peer, maybe a spouse or a friend or family member. And I would love it if you shared your thoughts with me. So if you are watching this on YouTube, please leave a comment with your thoughts to this question. If you're listening to the podcast, take a screenshot, however you're listening, and share your thoughts with me on Instagram at Financial Coach Academy. Here's your question. What is your next level vision for being a financial coach? How much would you like to make for the next stage of things? For some of you, you're just starting out. So what would you like to be making as a new financial coach? What's a good target for you to shoot for? For others, you've been doing this for a while. Maybe you're already making a good living and yet you are ready to strive for more. What does that look like for you? How much would you like to make? And ask yourself, what's my first goal? How can I design my business to create that goal for myself? If I want $2,000 per month, and I can confidently charge, let's say, $200 per client per month. That's 10 clients. That's what I want you to think through. First, I want you to pick a number. It's amazing what a number can do as far as giving us something to shoot for. And the same is true for our clients. I'm going to encourage you to do the same. Pick a number and then ask yourself, how can I design my business to create that? If it's 10 clients that I need, how can I get 10 clients? And let's start there. It is okay if you don't have this all figured out right now. Figure out just the next step for yourself as a financial coach. And don't forget to share your thoughts with that question with me. I believe financial coaching is the best and most rewarding way to make a living. I truly love what I do. If you're ready to learn and see how to become a successful, profitable financial coach, check us out at financialcoachacademy.com to learn more about our online courses, our free trainings, and our events. As always, I love hearing from you. So if you have any questions for the podcast that you want me to talk about in a future episode, please submit them at financialcoachacademy.com forward slash podcast. And if you love this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It helps other people to find it and it would mean the world to me. I will see you next week for episode nine when I'm gonna talk about how do I get clients as a financial coach. 